0: The sending passage at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, we are sent to all peoples. Yeah, even those folks. We, we are sent not in fear, end of the Gospel of Mark. End of, the, end of the Gospel of Luke, we are here to be prepared to be there. We are here on this earth still, remaining, abiding, and waiting because we are sent to those around us. And then in the, in the, in the end of the Gospel of John, as Pastor Brian shared last week, that there's no plan B. That even the the ones who learn of forgiveness through us will believe and be forgiven. And aside from learning of God's forgiveness, the message of forgiveness in Christ through us, there's no plan B. So we are Spirit-sent. And now we return with that sense of our calling, the sense of our sending, we return back to the gospel of john and we'll pick up a question the same question the disciples have how are we going to pull this off how can this be possible i want to ask one question this morning really well we're going to consider together one question this morning and that is what are you full of what are you full of imagine Imagine that uh, you, you go to Starbucks or Pete's or Brutal West, some coffee shop, and, and uh, there you meet, uh, or you, you just end up in conversation with somebody. Let's call him Stan. And there you are talking to Starbucks Stan, and along the way the, the conversation gets around to you, clever rascal. It gets around to faith and why you go to church. And Starbucks Stan says, yeah. I used to go to church once, but you know, I found out along the way that Christians are just full of it. Well, what did Starbucks stand mean by that? Maybe he ran into some of those folks that are just so full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. No, that's probably... You could tell by the tone of his voice that's not what he meant. Maybe he ran into some Christians who seem to be full of envy and ambition and a seeming insecure self-righteousness that expressed itself in a judgmental or condemning attitude toward others. Is it true that Christians are full of it? What should we as Christians be full of? I shared it with the kids the Word of God tells us that we are not to be full of this or full of that, which will have their own effect. We are to be full of the Spirit. We are to be filled by the Spirit. Now, it's a, consu- it's a confusing command. We'll go ahead and put it up on the screen here. Um, Ephes- Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, Do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, excess, licentiousness, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. It's, it's, it's an imperative. It's a command. Be filled with the Spirit, but it's a passive command. We're told to do something, or we're, t- we're told to yield to something to us. So how is it? There's, there's confusion in our minds because it's, it seems a bit nebulous or ambiguous. How is it that I can be? that you can be and know within your experience so that it has its effect on you to be filled with the Spirit. That actually is the thrust of our passage in the Gospel of John this morning. I'm going to invite you to turn there. The Gospel of John in chapter 14. I'll start reading in verse 15. But but before I start reading, I want to just set the mood. Jesus has already told his disciples he's going away. He's going to be departing. Now, imagine you are one of the disciples, the followers. Jesus has been your rabbi. And he is not just any old rabbi. You have come to know along the way it has been revealed to you that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Your rabbi is the rabbi, and you have been his disciple, his follower, his learner. The things that he has said are the things that you have done. You have walked in the way that he showed you. Where he sent, you went, and now he says, I'm going away. Who's going to teach us? Who who are we to follow now? How are we to follow now? That's what's in the mind of the disciples. If Jesus is going away, what will we do? Let's pick that up in John chapter 14 and Starting from verse 15, if you're using one of the pew Bibles in front of you this morning, then uh, you'll find us on page 764. John chapter 14 and verse 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him, because it neither neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you. And he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, fatherless. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I, too, will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourselves to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I've spoken to you while with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Father, would you even this morning do what you've said here? Would you give us your peace That comes by your own presence. Would you, by your spirit, reveal yourself to us this morning? And that we, in love, would walk in your way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing we're told, Jesus says, and this, this, this statement should make you just a wee bit uncomfortable. The sun compels here. The sun presses upon us. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will... Now, now we actually know that. Love compels us. Love constrains us. 2 first, first, Corinthians 5 says, The love of Christ compels me. Because of his love for me, I do things that I do. And we know that's true in other relationships. In, in, in marriage, it's like that. I remember last Saturday, I could have been watching football. But I was working on her car. Well, the cars in our family, because that was something my sweet and lovely wife wanted me to do. I should have been working on the cars instead of watching football this Saturday, but that's another matter. But we, we, we give ourselves, we submit ourselves to one another out of love. A, a teen will make the effort and, eat, and turn her friends down and, and be home on time. Why? because she loves her parents doesn't want them to worry love compels us love causes us to do the things that we do a a father for that matter a mother I remember my mom a single mom worked bad jobs And bad hours, late night hours at a convenience store, that's the worst shift where the worst people come in and hassle you. And she did that so she would be homesome and awake in the afternoon and evening with us coming home from school. She did that out of love for her children to provide for her family even though we did not know at that time the cost that she paid for us. Love compels us. Love causes us to do those things that we do, doesn't it? We know that. So Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. You'll continue to follow my commands. Well, But Jesus, you're going away. Who will be our rabbi? Who will teach us that we can follow? Well, That's where verse 16 comes in. He says, and I will send you, or I will... Ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, another paraclete, advocate, one who comes alongside, is translated encourager, and exhorter, it's all of those things. None of the English words seem to work. But one that's important is another. I will give you another like me, Jesus says. I will give you another of the same kind, the Son God revealed in the flesh. The Spirit of the living God, the presence of God Himself in the Spirit who is with you and will be in you. As Jesus was their alongside rabbi, the Spirit will be their inside rabbi to reveal the things of God to them, to reveal to them, to press upon their hearts the way in which they should walk, the direction in which they should go. He will teach you all things, He will be that revelatory presence of God another of the same kind. That suggests this is another of the same kind, this inside rabbi who will be fulfilling Jesus' role before as the outside rabbi, the alongside rabbi. This, this spirit of the living God who will be in us will be teaching us and sending us in the same ways that Jesus did. We often think about this. You love me, you will keep my commandments. We often think that in terms of morality, in terms of things that we should and shouldn't do. Jesus said, follow me, follow in my ways, and I will make you fishers of men. Keeping his commandments was participating in his sending one of the things I loved about that example that somebody just this week, while I was mulling these things over, sent that in here here to the church office and said, could we share this with the body? These are just some things that I've discovered. These are ways that people in our church can get out and be in the midst of our community. Wow. Yeah. We can do that. And the Spirit leads us in those ways. The Spirit calls us to a The paraclete, the one who comes alongside, who encourages, exhorts, who who sometimes corrects and rebukes and sometimes comforts and gives peace, that spirit, that paraclete coming alongside ministry, that suggests that if I'm filled with the Spirit... I'm going to have that kind of ministry. You're going to. I told you a while ago that I wanted us to be an apostolic congregation. Not an apostolic church that has some apostle-like figure who has all the authority, but an apostolic congregation as a sent congregation, right? I want you as an apostolic congregation to have a paracletic ministry. Write that down. It's a big word. It's like cornucopia. It's a big word. Paraclete. I, I I just made it up myself. I can do that. I can just make up words. Paracletic ministry. I want you to have, like the Spirit does, a coming alongside ministry. That's how we're sent. Okay? The Son compels us, the Spirit reveals, the Spirit of all truth, the Spirit who will teach us in verse 26 all things. He will will take the things of me, Jesus says, and he'll show them to you. He will remind you of all the things that I have said to you. The Spirit is a revealing presence. I want to be so full of that Spirit's presence who reveals the Father and the Son to us. I want to be full of the Spirit like a sponge is full of water. So that when you put that sponge on the counter, it gets the counter wet, doesn't it? You just can't help but some of it to leak out. I want to be so full of the Spirit like when Mary broke open that bottle of of perfume and began to pour it out anointing the Lord's feet in her own worship of Him that the fragrance, the essence of that perfume filled the room. You could smell it over here. And even Judas could smell it over there. I want to be so full of the Spirit like the glory of the Lord filled His temple, permeated it with the presence of the living God Himself so that certain things didn't fit there. And yet the worship and the service of God did. all to be full of this revealing Spirit who reveals the Father to us. And here's where we begin to understand what it is. In verse 21, I will ask the Father, and the Father will send you my spirit. And look at verse 21 again. The, 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 uh, the Father invites us into this kind of fullness. He says, whoever has my commands, Jesus says, he repeats that part. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, who has them by the Spirit, the revealing presence, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Judas is confused here. You're not showing yourself to the world. You're only showing this is different than the Father showing himself to the world. This is a different kind of I will love them than the Father's love who so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. This is not the presentation of the Son by which we have forgiveness because then once we have forgiveness, stay with me, once we have forgiveness, we then have relationship. This is that experiential relational love with the Father. He with us and we with him. And we're in this relationship together. That's what verse 23 again says the same thing and makes it clear. Verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. And my Father will love him. we will come to him and make our home with him. The presence in the temple. The at-home presence of God within our own hearts, within our own spirit. Like I said, this is relational truth. Why is that connected? It seems it seems almost legalistic. Well, if you know me, you know if I'm going to err, it's probably going to be on the side of grace than on the side of legalism. Something in my background, I, I, I just don't easily end up there, although it's a temptation for all of us. So, so check me on this. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You... John boils it down. I think John is stewing on this for 50-60 years and the spirit is illumining this and he writes in 1 John chapter 1. Let's let's turn there in our Bibles. Go ahead and turn over to 1 John chapter 1. Just before Revelation, just before the end of the Bible, end of the New Testament. 1 John in chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 3. This we proclaim to you, what we have seen and heard, John says, so that you also may have fellowship along with us. We have this fellowship, this relationship with the Father. and We want you to have it too. We want you to have fellowship along with us. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make your joy too, also complete, full, This is the message. We have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we claim that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. The one who is walking in the light as he is in the light is in that place of relationally experiencing the love of God for us. And there he says, peace I leave you, peace I give to you. The peace that he gives is not related to our circumstances. The peace in the midst of our circumstances is a result of the presence The relational, loving, assuring presence of God himself. And if you're something like me, you were saying, I wish I had more of that. There's the connection between, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and my Father will show himself. He will love you, and I will reveal myself to you. There's this connection of of our following along with our Savior by the illumination of the Spirit and that experiencing the relational love of our Father. Okay, you see that? Let me me put it to you this way. Amos 8.10 puts it very, very simply. How can two walk together, you and God, unless they be agreed? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Because that's where God is. When I'm walking in his light where he is, we have relationship together. I may move out of the light, but God does not. Because God cannot. He is true to his character. He's true to his nature. He will walk in his light, in his holiness, in his love, in his sacrificial love that caused him even to give his own son. And when I'm walking there, I am with him. You've you've experienced there. There are some folks you you visit with. They might be family, they might be friends, they might be neighbors, it might be somebody that you are wanting to share the gospel with. And you go and visit with them, and but there's some tension, some distance in the air and in the relationship, right? And and you're you're trying to get to what really needs to be said, and they are working real hard at at, at keeping you from getting there, right? And you're doing this little dance together, but it's. It's not a slow dance, is it? No, there's a little distance there. And you have other folks that you come and you spend time with. You visit into their home or they in yours, and it doesn't matter whose home you're at, you are at home. You're at home together because you're close, you have a shared heart together. That's the kind of relational closeness and the relational relational love experienced that is being talked about here being in relationship together. And it comes out of us being agreed with God l- because we love him keeping his command, which, like I said, is different than often the way we think about it. We think about if I do these things that if I don't do those things because those things will pollute me and I will not no longer be welcome in God's presence. That's what we think of it. Think of it this way. God is on mission. God is on mission, and he has invited us as his church to, to join in his mission. That's where he's going whether we come or not. Take that back to the Old Testament. God was on mission, and God was on his way to Nineveh whether Jonah went with him or not. Funny how he still got Jonah to come along. And funny how he had to still work with Jonah's will and desire and heart along the way. The book's not about Jonah. The book's about his people. The book's something more about you and I than we might care to admit. But but God is on mission. And where He would send us, where He would call us to obey is to go also, to give of ourselves in love also, to step into that paracletic ministry of coming alongside somebody else. You know what it looks like? It it looks like going and and visiting somebody in a care center who a little while after you were there. Will enjoy you while you're there and and be grateful for the visit, but a while later won't remember even that it was you, and yet you go. It's coming alongside somebody else, and in the midst of your being, you're getting to become their friend. You realize that that there at Winco that day, they don't have the money with them to to purchase that 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 milk and eggs and bread that they're that she's buying for a family, and, and you say, hey, no problem, I got this one. That, that giving of oneself is love is, is, is coming alongside somebody else. It's, it's daring to step across the room or across the soccer field or across the street and greet and begin a conversation that you hope will go at some point today or tomorrow or next year into the gospel. It's when somebody mentions a difficulty that they're having in life, and you say, would it be all right if I prayed for you this week? And you do, and you follow up, and your friendship or your acquaintance has taken some spiritual um, character to it now as well. It's stepping out of comfort zone for the sake of another. That joining God in his mission, that laying aside my comfort and what I could keep for myself for his name's sake is, is stepping into the light that the Father himself is. That's where we will find our fellowship with him. What are you full of? What are you full of? And to be full of the Spirit, this is, this is what I'm suggesting. To be filled with the Spirit is an imperative for us to obey. And I'm suggesting that we, will, we are filled with the Spirit, according to John 14, by obeying His commands, which are on mission, not merely morality. And as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, as we love the lost, as he loves the lost, as we seek to serve rather than to be served, we will be with him and he will reveal himself to us and we will know his love, not merely for them, but for us, we'll experience it. If that's true, then what are you full of? What, What must I do? What must I do? He said, if you love me, you will. Well, he told Peter, if you love me, you will feed my sheep. Not do this and don't do that. If you love me, you will feed my sheep. In verse 31 of of John chapter 14, verse 31, Jesus puts it a different way. He says, the world must learn that I love the Father and I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. What is he talking about there? He's talking about his departure. He's talking about that his father has sent him to lay down his life. And that's the example of love obedience that he calls us to as well. You know, when whenever the, the filling of the Spirit is mentioned in the book of Acts, you know, you know how we see it? You know what it looks like in the book of Acts? What filling of the Spirit looks like in the book of Acts over and over and over again, it's involved in boldness, in courage, in speaking up in the gospel. Over and over and over again, the filling of the Spirit is directly connected to the speaking of the praises of God and His gospel to others that need to hear it, and out of that, receive it. If if that's what it is to be full of the Spirit, what's in the way? My own agenda's in the way. The other things that I would give myself to, the other things that would entertain myself, the same kinds of things that get in the way of my yielding myself to loving my wife and serving her in this or that, those kinds of things are the distractions that can draw us also out of the light. But if I'm in the light as he is in the light, there's another problem, isn't there? The light. Imagine now we've got a campfire. There's there's kind of a bright spot on the stage here. It's working for me. Imagine there's a campfire here. And it's big. It's bright. Wow, the light from that fire. And then you get closer to that fire when you feel some of the heat. But also that's where the light is. And other people around the fire can get a look at you say, well, man, I've been camping three days. I didn't shower. I didn't fix my hair. I'd just as soon draw back out of that campfire light a little bit. I don't want them to see me. Isn't that our issue? Isn't that our problem? We're afraid ourselves to get too close into the light. I don't want God to see me like that. What's the rest of 1 John 1-7? we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and what as we are in the midst of the gospel we hear it ourselves because we need it ourselves the blood of jesus christ his son keeps on cleansing me from all sin i can guarantee if you try to draw close to god i guarantee The enemy is going to start pointing stuff out. He's going to say, oh, you better not not get close. You better not try to step too close into that light, into fellowship with the Father, because he's going to see this. He's going to know about that. You can say, that's all right. He already knows. So I'll claim his forgiveness for this and for that. And if I am not full of anything else, am I, if I am filled up to the full of the forgiveness and the grace of God, that like that sponge, that's what leaks out on the counter. That will be everything. You know, in Acts chapter 4, Luke, the uh, historical theologian, gets it precisely, he talks about the disciples after the threats where they did not bow to the press of the Sanhedrin. He says, and they proclaim boldly Jesus, he says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Lou got it right. But you know, those who weren't so astute said it another way. They looked at these guys and they recognized that they had been With Jesus. I want to be so full of the Spirit that when I'm in Starbucks with Starbucks Stan or whoever he or she is, that they would be inclined to say, But who's that with you? Oh, let me introduce you to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, That's our desire. We want, Lord, to walk with you. We want to trust and obey. The hymnist said there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Father, we imagine it this way, that in fellowship sweet, we would sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. Where he sends, we'll go. What he says we will do, will not fear, only trust and obey. Oh, Lord, by your spirit, make your will clear. Provoke us toward that one you'd have us come alongside.